Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode, we have Steve Carroll, let me get Margaret's last name correct, Steve Carroll and Margaret Borzma, and they are on to share their real estate investing journey that began, I didn't ask Margaret's age, so I'm just gonna stick with Steve's age at this point. It began when Steve was in his 60s, still in his 60s, it's been, I guess, three years since they got started, they got started in 2019, so wait until you hear this journey that they've been on, and the reason I'm excited to share this is over the years, we've had countless investors tell us reasons why they can't get started, why it's not the right time to get started, why they're, you know, it might be too late in life for them to get started. Wait until you hear them explain their mindset, their thinking, you know, what some of their friends and peers told them about real estate investing, how they responded and thought about those things. So just an absolutely amazing episode. Leslie Kitchen, who is part of the Rockstar team, came on. She's the one here at Rockstar who worked with Steve and Margaret. Leslie is an absolute trailblazer. She's been with us since you know, almost the very, very beginning, works so hard with real estate investors like Steve and Margaret to make sure everybody's kind of working together and getting what they need to fit their goals in life. So Leslie's just a fantastic part of the Rockstar team. She's on the episode to share her journey as well. And listen, if you're trying to make sense of the the real estate market right now, it can be very difficult because unless you... Unless you believe you have a really good fundamental understanding of the economy and of real estate in this particular area, so maybe the global economy, the Canadian economy, and real estate in this in the area you're investing, it can be difficult to make sense of the headlines. So one of the things we do is we share our own research and the things that we are looking at to help us make sense of the real estate market. We have a report called The Four Key Factors Every Investor Should Know to Understand Where the Real Estate Market is Headed. It's a free report. It's on rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash report. That's one of the reports you might want to check out if you're trying to do due diligence on things you should be looking at to understand whether you should be going into real estate investing now or shouldn't be, you know, whatever works for you. You can get some of that information that we're putting together for free at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. I think that's it with the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live with Steve and Margaret. Thank you both for coming in. And Leslie Kitchen is here. And we need to just, I just want to jump in. What the heck have you put on the table here? How does somebody win these awesome looking medals? You got to talk to us about this. All right. So uh, I play badminton at a fairly competitive level. And the group that I play with uh, in Toronto is, uh, they like going to tournaments. And so uh, I got the opportunity to go to uh, the U.S. National Senior Games in Fort Lauderdale, uh, uh, this past May, and uh, so one of the guys I had a partner, a male partner, and then uh, just happened to uh, pick up a, a mixed doubles partner, a lady from Chicago. And so I didn't do quite as well as I wanted to in the in the men's doubles, but with this uh, lady who I'd never met before, never played with before, our styles are really compatible. Compatible, and uh, anyways, we ended up winning. Uh, Silver medal, second place in the U.S. Senior Games in our age category. It was awesome. That's yeah, that's amazing. so cool. I could tell by the smile on your face how awesome that was. It was it was totally cool. And I'm, the reason I'm saying it was totally cool is because I saw the pictures and it looked like a blast from what you guys were doing. And uh, and what are the, so the other medals are the same thing? Is so other uh, no, for next year's national games, uh, you have to qualify. And so um, the opportunity came up to go down to Pennsylvania. To qualify and so I went down a uh, month ago and uh, we played uh, and so I played men's doubles and singles and so I got a silver in men's doubles and a bronze in singles. So you've qualified. So I now qualify for the next summer games which are in Pittsburgh next July. Oh very cool. I had no idea there was such a badminton competitive spirit in you or in North America right now. I didn't know these tournaments were going on. <laughs> I'm a bit of a sports uh, addict so I really I, I play hockey in the winter, I play badminton, I'm a sailor. I, I'll play anything. Oh, so you're still playing hockey. How old are you, Steve? 
<laughs> I'll be uh, 66 in September. 66. So yeah, my brother-in-law, I think, was playing into his 70s yeah. men's league hockey here in Oakville. And so you're still you're still playing at 66. Yeah, and it's it's fun. Like, I, yeah, you slow down after a while, but like I still play with 20 and 30 year olds. Yeah, and I have fun. It's a lifelong sport. Like, yeah, sure. All of these. Things I feel are hockey too. Sport. You're all kind of like you know, all the pads are on. You're gliding on the on the on the ice, I've, as opposed to soccer, which I think is a little more physical. Um, yeah, very cool. Um, Margaret, so w- w- were you participating in all this badminton stuff? No. I was not. <laughs> so you don't have this badminton spirit that Steve has? No. I played badminton long ago, but um, no, f- he's very, he'll play any sport. But he, he's gravitated to badminton quite a bit in the last 15 years or so. And uh, yeah, he's, he loves every, <laughs> every sport going. And how did, you meet, how did you two meet Leslie Kitchen? How does this threesome meet each other? <laughs> Leslie, how do you enter the picture of their lives here? Who, who's sharing that story? Well, I could start, I guess. We were all in the money seminar at Landmark and uh, didn't know each other at that time. So what's Landmark? Landmark is a worldwide professional um, training and development organization. I guess that's the best way to say it. They, they, you know, they're global. Um, huge in, I'm a huge into personal development, so um, very much involved in Landmark, and uh, they are too. So... Um, we were in this money seminar, which just happened to be, I guess you just happened to sit beside Michael, my husband, yeah. and because Mike and I were in the same seminar, and uh, you got tra- chatting away about real estate. And I don't know, Mike was complaining about all the things that were going wrong in our <laughs> with one wow. of our properties, because it was one of the worst real estate experiences that we ever had. Is that the one you had to gut the carpet out of it? I forget, you were gutting the whole place? Uh, no, it was the one where... Well, we probably had to do that too. Yeah, um, this one, this one, we ended up with like a what well, started as a rental own, and then the um, tenants ended up getting addicted to crack cocaine, and it, after about three years, it started to really go downhill. Um, and yeah, it was a complete disaster. We had to get them evicted. We had to. We they left us everything. Their parents had moved in like a couple months before that and left all their life hold stuff in one of in one of the like the sunroom I guess it was this huge room the size of this room if not bigger actually a bit bigger just full with boxes and stuff so it was quite an undertaking just to to get that property cleared out and then we turned it into a secondary suite and I hired the wrong contractor oh I remember so that was the that was the part that where it was the other part was just part of business right we go through some of that stuff but the contractor part was something new for me to hire somebody that was what did they do just ripped you off uh lied uh yeah just kept lying and not delivering and doing poor work not following codes and we just ended up in a trial to last last month for two days um still dealing with this contractor come on no way yeah he started the lawsuit while we were still in the middle of our project um, he sued you. He sued me, um, and then so we countersued. Um, oh my gosh, with, Leslie Kitchen! Like knowing Holy me, smoke. I probably like I'd probably Very cut lucky. my losses and move on. But, yeah, but he started the whole thing, which um, made it very complicated. And anyway, um, yeah. It, it wasn't a fun time, but it was, so at the time we were yeah, in the Yeah, so the joys of, of real estate. <laughs> we were in this money seminar, and I guess Michael was telling Steve all the horror stories that we were dealing with. I don't know. He somehow was still interested in real estate, and Mike told him to just talk to me. That's how I understood it, but maybe Steve okay. could. Maybe, maybe I better finish the story or, okay. or complete the story. <laughs> so we're in this money seminar, which is uh, like a 10, they have uh, different seminars. They go for 10 weeks, so 10 sessions. And, uh, you know, they, we had uh, over 100 people in the seminar. And uh, you often, there's times in the seminar where you partner up and you talk to your share. neighbor, right? And you share. Um, and so I always like to sit beside somebody different. Um, and so this one week, I happened to be sitting beside Mike Kitchen, Leslie's husband. And I was sort of saying, this is a money seminar, right? So we we're talking about money. And I was saying, like, you know, I'm really frustrated with... Uh, you know, my investments, they aren't really doing well. And I think uh, had I read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book at that, I'm, I'm sure I had a, at that time. And anyways, Mike, he's, he's so funny. He's very straightforward. And he says, 
I hate financial advisors. <laughs> I can see him saying that for sure. <laughs> I have no use for them at all. Oh. Okay, well, this is interesting. <laughs> He's an interesting character. Anyway, so it was pretty clear where he was standing on this. And then I said, uh, oh, I've been interested in, you know, maybe doing some real estate investing because I read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, uh, you know, but whatever, I don't know uh, anything to do. And so anyways, he says, well, that's what my wife does. And she's over there. And so I said, well, okay, I'll go and talk to Leslie at the end of the session. So after the session was over, I go talk to Leslie. And she says, oh, yeah, I do that. I, you know, work for Rockstar. I, you know, I'm, I'm do all this kind of stuff. And I'm interested in investing. And yeah, I can help you out. No problems. And so that was the start of a great union. And she said, oh, I'll be a coach if you want to go. And so Shortly after that, I, you know, came to one of the introductory sessions. We were in person at the time, which was really nice. And it was just like everything came together. It was a no-brainer. It's like, yeah, I signed up right away. It was just like this is exactly what I want to do. Um, so that was how I met Leslie. That was how I met Rockstar um, and, and Mike. So wait, you just read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad like only a few years ago? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in your 60s, you read this book? Yeah. Holy smokes. Hmm. And Margaret, you gave Steve, I, I, remind me, Steve asked for the book and you gave it to him or you, no. or no, you asked book. for the Steve book. He gave it to me and then he wanted to read it. So you passed it back. That This convinces you on the idea. it was life changing. Wow. He was retiring at the time. And then in two and a half years, we bought five properties. You guys are insane. No, no. You know how many people come to us in their 40s and say, well, maybe it's too late. Maybe in 40s, we only get that something. In their 50s, we definitely get people who are saying, I don't know if I should get into real estate now because it's too late. You guys started in your 60s. Yes. Wow. And you feel like it was the right move. For, I can tell by the expression on both your faces, you feel it was the, the right move. Oh, so, yeah. And why, so why was it the right move? Well, Steve was feeling a little uncomfortable with our savings because we wanted to go on bucket list trips and uh, he wasn't too comfortable and wanted to make some extra cash and all through his career he was looking for ways to make passive income but didn't really have time to investigate it, just wanted to. So I, I, had, I knew nothing else other than you know, you the just standard stuff. Standard stuff, playing. right? When, when I met you, I think you were playing the cash flow quadrant game or uh, some, yeah. of the, some of the game, one of the games. Yeah, so I read the book and then I thought, okay, got to take action, right? So the first action I took was to buy the cash flow game that Robert Kiyosaki developed. Yeah. And so we started playing that with friends and just sort of exploring that a little bit. But that was, that was just sort of all in the head. It really wasn't until I met Leslie and connected up with Rockstar that I really had a, a, a path forward to, to do something. Mm. So, And so the fears of like, because I'm just trying to play this out. In your 60s, a lot of people will come to us and say, well, you know, uh, real estate doesn't always go up. It could go down. Did you have those fears of starting in, at this time in your life that it might not be the right time? Or was that just not even a thought for you? That, that doesn't, that's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't factor in. We had a friend who knows nothing about real estate, and she said, and her husband, well, why would you go into that at this age? Like, you won't be able to pay these mortgages off. But by then, we had enough education that we, I was able to say to her, well, it doesn't matter. So what? <laughs> in the meantime, we reap the benefits, and we have a son who's interested, and he can take it over. Yeah. No wow. Problem. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. And at this time, so this is going to be around the year 2019 that you started. Yeah. Yep. Were you paying attention to the real estate market, the ebbs and flows of it before then or not really? No. Okay. Our, our only experience was buying our house. Okay. Got in it. Toronto back in 95. Yeah. And then what did you start looking like? What oh. was your criteria? Go ahead. Sorry. There is an, another little experience that predates this, which is quite interesting <laughs> so again we're in another landmark seminar and uh this was the um the success seminar and uh the quick story of this is that um here's what i took from it one is that there is no such thing as success because what does it mean it may mean one thing for somebody may mean one thing for somebody else right so there is no it's just kind of thing. like a bullshit word Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the week, 
one week I was there, the guy said, uh, here's a proposal for you. Most people think that when you get the things that you want, then you can do what you want to do, and then you'll be successful. You'll have what you want. You'll have what you want. And he says, it's completely opposite. What you have to do is you're successful in your mind right up front. It, it's, who, it's who you're being. It's, it's who you are as a person. Exactly. Yeah. And with that mindset. And then a successful person will take the actions that a successful person would take. And then you'll have what you have, you, what you want. So I'm a sailor. and I've been sailing for a long time. And uh, about uh, six years previously, we had taken a learn to cruise course. So live aboard, learn to cruise out of Penetanguishene. So we're on this boat for five days, working really hard because we've got a lot of studying to do and so on. And anyway, six years later, I thought, well, we should put this to use and I'll maybe go and charter a boat with, you know, because I'm qualified for it. I looked at the prices. I said, this is ridiculous. I don't want to do that. So I made a decision. I'm going to buy one because <laughs> there's a, these programs where you can put them in a yacht management program. So they'll charter the boat out for you. They'll maintain it. They'll do everything. It basically got it. Wow. It sort of pays for itself. Yeah. It's kind of like real estate, yeah. right? So anyways, I went to the boat show with this success seminar just a week before in my mind. And I go and say, I'm a successful person. I'm going to go and do what I need to do to get it. So I talked to the charter company and said, oh, what kind of boat would you like? Oh, if we had one of these, we could charter it, no problems. And this is up in the North Channel in uh, Georgian Bay, or sorry, yeah, Manitoulin Island. So then I went over to the people selling the boats and said, okay, well, here's what I'm looking for. What do you, you know, what do you got? Okay, this is it. And I put it all together. And so I was getting everything arranged. And then of course I had to call Margaret. I said, okay, well, I'm thinking of buying a boat. Okay. And I was able to answer all of her questions. And then so I she came down to the boat show. And within one day I bought a boat and had it into this charter program. That was my introduction to... Um, be, do, have. Owning an asset. Why? You said something really interesting to me there. You said, I'm a, uh, as you were going into that boat show, you said, well, I'm a successful person. So, you know, you're going to go, basically going to go take action and figure this out. Why did you use that language? Before in your life, would you have entered that conference thinking that you didn't know what to do or that you weren't successful? Like, where, why, why did you choose to use those words there? Absolutely. It was straight out of that seminar that, okay. that did it. it. This is not my way of thinking normally. Got it. I struggle with this kind of stuff. but I think that's interesting. I don't know. It's interesting for me because I think Nick and myself, maybe there's something we've never really struggled with it, but maybe because we started in the personal development world young mm -hmm. because we've always just thought, well, yeah, like, I don't know. What does it take to do this? It's kind of like starting this brokerage. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even like... <laughs> It wasn't even like, uh, uh, there was no hesitation. It was just like, oh, these other people don't really like us. We're just going to start our own brokerage. What software do we need? Like, we just kind of did it. And Leslie, you saw this. It was just mm. ridiculous. Now looking back, it was absolutely ridiculous. It was so exciting. It's, it's interesting for me to hear that because maybe I've ha I had that earlier, but something through my life kind of got rid of that internal type of talk. But then if you carry that with you, I can see how it can hold you back. So it's fascinating to me that you would think that you weren't successful? Uh, Margaret knows, like, this kind of stuff I struggle with an awful lot. So this, this is a real mindset eh? shift. Awesome. It's awesome that you've made this shift. Mm -hmm. And you credit Landmark for this. That was, that was One a of the starting point. So going to a personal development type. Uh, basically, it doesn't matter if it was personal development or not. Getting the education or the insights or having someone lay down some thought patterns to make you question your own thought patterns. Hmm. Yeah, like often most people think they need money before they can do something so that they can be happy. And Landmark taught us to be happy or be successful first. And then you will get creative ideas to know what to do so that you can have the result. Yeah, got it. Got it. And I guess the next thing mm -hmm. then that people struggle with, sorry, I, this is just fascinating to me. The next thing is, is that people I, I find struggle with once they know the right thinking, they don't do. Whereas you seem to have been really good, I, you know, both of you from what I can tell, and, 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 and Leslie, I think mm -hmm. you can attest to this, that you seem to be able to then do the things. 
He wasn't like that before, though. Oh, really? No. Okay. Okay, no. got but it. But in Landmark, we really got clear that nothing happens without action. Mm, so it. you work on your mindset, and then you take action, or something still won't happen. Yeah, got it's it. It's about who you're going to be in life, who you're going to be in any circumstances, and out of that, to you, your mind shifts in how you think, what actions you take, because they're completely different than what you would take if you were being somewhere else. So it's who you start with who you're going to be. Yeah. If someone was listening to this and we'll continue the story, but if someone was listening to this and they weren't ready to take the jump to something like landmark yet, is there one maybe book that any of you had resonated with that they could just go and pick up? Like for me, and I read it pretty young, it was Think and Grow Rich. Definitely. That book kind of, I read it and I was like, oh, okay. You're, you know, you can have some thoughts about anything you want. You put it into action, let your subconscious mind kind of work at it. And, you know, as long as you're taking some action towards it, you're going to make shit happen. <laughs> and it was, it was a great book it for me awesome in that book. regard. Yeah. I um, have a book. Yeah. You've read that book as no, I'm you, thinking of a book you're asking. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. What book are you thinking? The success principles by, um, Jack Canfield. And yeah. That's a great, it with someone that's a great one. I totally forgot about that book. I actually yeah. forget what's in that book entirely, but I remember reading it and enjoying <laughs> that book. The be do where, have is in there. And the first chapter right, is on take hundred percent responsibility, yeah, that's which means don't subject yourself to feeling defeated because of the circumstances in your life. Yeah, personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Yeah. And what was the name so of that one again? I the forget. success principle. Yeah, I forgot the success. And we have great one. So, so much within our power and in our control that we can do, but we don't realize it. A lot of us feel defeated, especially by life as it goes along, and we think it's because of the circumstances in our lives, and it's not. And that's really refreshing. Mm -hmm. That's a book I would recommend for teenagers and young adults. Especially. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All the Jack Canfield stuff is so good, actually. But mm -hmm. success principles. Very cool. Um, so let's we can pick back up. Sorry, I took us off course there. Just <laughs> passing. So you went into the show. You figured out, hey, what yacht is going to be charted out really easily? You went to the people selling the yacht and said, hey, sell me one of these. You made it work. And it is like a real estate play right there. It is. Yeah. That, that was my first kind of foray into it right so we now have a 35 foot uh you know sailboat that uh we go up on every twice a year usually and uh and you know it's in a program it's uh, it's 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 not a make money kind of thing but it's paying for itself at this point in time Got it. Okay. So then why, um, I, I read in a little bit of your story, uh, you know, that you shared with rockstar members in one of our newsletters, you, you had some thoughts around the corporate world or the corporate world wasn't right for you. Where does that come from? Is that just personal thing or like, can you, or can you share what your th thoughts are around that? Oh my goodness. What did you do before? <laughs> what is your past? Who are you? <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, after high school, I didn't know what to do, and I was sort of doing different jobs for two and a half years. Kind of hated it. That was probably my worst time of my life. Finally figured out, like I like, I like the natural world, and finally figured out that, uh, well, I saw my brother having fun at university, so I thought, oh, maybe I should go back there. and realized that I wasn't a stupid person, you know, like I, I could do this kind of stuff. So I, I quite enjoyed university, um, ended up getting an undergrad degree in geography and a master's of environmental studies. Um, and then I worked in the field, but I never enjoyed the work world. It, it didn't the, the make, structure of it. Yeah. The structure of it was a big thing. I liked the freedom and flexibility of university. I liked learning. I liked following what I was interested in. You liked living. Yeah, I like living. Yeah. <laughs> and and none of the things that I cared about living wise I could I made any money at. Like I couldn't make any money at sailing. I couldn't make any money at badminton. I couldn't make you know, like that's I I had no interest. I had no joy at all through my career. So I'm I probably carry a lot of disappointment, you know, like regret for a waste of, you know, thirty years or whatever. Um, I worked, uh, for the most part, I worked for the Department of, Na Department of National Defense, uh, running their environmental program. Huh. So that was... What does that mean? That means that uh, they're a large federal department. They need to follow all the environmental rules and regulations. 
that are set out and I was advising them on that. So cleaning up contaminated sites, dealing with species at risk, um, you know, any of those environmental issues, hazardous materials, um, you know, water and waste management. Uh, and so you do this your whole career here in Ontario? You're based out of Ontario here? Yeah, I, I was working at the headquarters in Toronto. Okay. Uh, looking uh, after the Army, so CFB Petawawa, CFB Kingston. Okay. Traveling for, there every day? Not every yeah, No. No. No, I was at the headquarters. So we had uh, we had staff. You no, know, sorry, you were a living but going through traffic every day to get to this job? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah normal. And eight, you're working in that eight, job for eight, how many years? Uh, 27. 27 years. Yeah. Okay. So. And, and he then, traveled to all the bases in Ontario because he was the Ontario person. Oh, got it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you know a lot of our what, what happens in Ontario with the regards to our military. Yep. Oh, um, good. Mental note. <laughs> um, That's okay. It's, it's fading. <laughs> yeah, is it? Uh, well, you can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so, and then that was, uh, and, and then you, reti- is that what you retired from? Yes. Okay, so you retired from that. Yeah. At what age? Uh, 60. Uh, Almost four years ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 62. Oh, wow. Seems like a distant memory, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Margaret knows. Margaret knows. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, got it. And then you, what, what was the prompt to get you to Landmark? Like, how did you get to this landmark thing? Was that a Margaret thing? No. So, um, uh, yeah, we had a financial yeah. advisor. Okay. Yeah, Margaret. I heard Margaret yeah. just say yes. Yeah. We had a financial advisor. We still have a financial advisor. Oh, don't way. tell Michael. <laughs> don't tell Michael. <laughs> we do too, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please. Okay. <laughs> and at that point in time, when we started with this person, um, Margaret retired from teaching, and our son went off to school. And so she was kind of at home, kind of wondering what to do. And so this person who had been done some landmarks courses had recommended that to her. And so Margaret uh, just glam. Well, you can tell the story. I was into it for about a year and a half. uh, And I had qualified as an introduction leader at that point. Hmm. And then Steve decided finally to be part of it. And he hasn't looked back. Got it. So, Margaret, how did you get into that? What drew you to this kind of thing? I've always been interested in personal growth. And uh, I was at a point in my life where two big things had happened, and I was feeling pretty down. Like, my son had left for university. We only have one child. And uh, and I had retired after putting in an extra four years already in teaching. And so, the yeah, so I was ready and for something. And so... Um, yeah, I went into that, and they have weekend courses, but then they have other more intense year-long programs, and I'm really glad I did it. I was with them for three and a half years. And oh, wow. This is, I feel like it's a great commercial for Landmark. <laughs> <laughs> um, it okay. helped me a lot. Okay, awesome. Okay, so then retired, you're retired, you're in Landmark, you get pulled to Landmark, you meet Michael Kitchen. <laughs> Michael Kitchen says, hey, I'm not the brains of the operation when it comes to real estate. You need to meet my wife. I'm not putting words in his mouth. No, and that's Le- good. Le- <laughs> Leslie uh, was there. And then when you started to go looking at, look at properties, was there, were you just listening to everything Leslie shared or did you have something, hey, I, we are specifically looking at this or were you just like, Leslie, take, take it away? So, no, I, so I did the, uh, the introductory thing, joined Rockstar, uh, went to, you know, all the basic courses and uh, it was really interesting. We like to call them um, super advanced expert <laughs> courses. Okay? And just, just for clarification, anyone listening, Steve mentioned basic courses. They're super advanced, top-notch, A-plus courses, but go on. <laughs> I'm joking. With they, are, they are. Go on. Go on. <laughs> so I went to the Rent Your Home Fast. Yeah. yeah. And it was really interesting. There was a guy there, and he said, I'm so frustrated. You know, like, I can't get any houses, and I've been with Rockstar for two years or so on. Whoa. You know, and I, I, and I just can't find the right house. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, it's like, you just got to do it. You, you gotta just go buy a house and and figure out figure out things as you go and that's sort of stuck in my mind so anyways i i did the course leslie and i we or the three of us we sat down met had that initial meeting figured out what we were going to do and i said well i need to go and look at a few houses just so we went out twice i think 
just two or three a, times. As did Leslie take you on one of her marathons? Oh, she's great. She is. No, Leslie's <laughs> incredible because a marathon with Leslie. I don't know if you still do that, Leslie, but Leslie would go Asian. take people at 10 properties and Nick yeah. and I would break after like four to six properties. We're like, hey, listen, that's enough for today. But uh, Leslie would just keep going. Leslie's so great. And we're on the same wavelength, right? Like I'm OK going 10 to 10 properties and we'll both walk into a house and say, no, that's it. Bye. Or we'll walk in, we'll look around and this is great. This is great. This is great. And it's like, we really kind of connect that way. So I don't have any problems with going to see 10 properties in one day. <laughs> you said something really interesting there. It's funny in this, in this seat where we are at Rockstar, Leslie and I both get to see people and some people will join us and they will buy a property within 48 hours of joining Rockstar. Other people will be here for four years, like that gentleman you mentioned, and say, I just can't find the right property. I don't know what these guys are talking about. No properties cash flow. I don't know what they're talking. So in their world, and it, it, nothing works. In someone else's world, they're taking action. And they're, by the time this person has had four years pass, another person is on their fifth or sixth property. Mm -hmm. And so much of life I find, just for me, it's been very instructive mm -hmm. because I find so much of life is just what you tell yourself. If yes. you sit there and just tell yourself nothing's possible and you're never going to find anything, that's then literally what you will produce for yourself. <laughs> if you tell yourself, you know what, maybe I don't know everything like Steve, like you're implying there, mm -hmm. but I need to take action. I'm going to figure it out. And other people seem to be figuring it around me. I'm just going to go. Yeah. Then stuff happens. Then you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really just amazing to see. And I kind of always mm -hmm. knew that in life, but to see it from this seat with people who enter at the same stage and then have different results a few years later, it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. You know, and uh, everyone's at their own stage in life and, and you know, mm -hmm. they have to go through their own kind of process to get there. But good on you. So you, wh what was oh. the first property you purchased? Where was it? So I, I didn't, my gut said that this was right, but how I do it, I didn't quite know. That's why I relied on Leslie for. So she said, well, you know, let's look at Barry. It's a good community and it's close enough that we can manage it. Right. So uh, we went up to Barry and, uh, um, found a house, a nice uh, four-bedroom side split um, near Georgian College. <clears throat> and so we put in the offer and, and did it. And then <clears throat> I was talking to an accountant or somebody, and I said, or found out that if you only have one house, like you can't claim your travel expenses and all that kind of stuff, right? Because it's only one house. But if you have two, then you can claim everything from the government. And so I thought, well, let's get two houses. So we went up and got another house. And uh, um, anyways, and it closed two weeks after the first one, which <laughs> caused us real problems with the financing. Yeah, I can imagine. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, that was the first big challenge. Yeah, <laughs> Because Dan said, well, the, government, the bank's not going to really like that. So, so we bought the one house, had the mortgage, but the second house we had to pay cash for. Wow. <laughs> that was a bit of scrambling. Wow. Mm. Okay. So you pulled that off. It sounds like you have that house. Yeah. We had enough, uh, enough background and enough, you know, Margaret had a bit of an inheritance and we've got a good HELOC because we own a house in Toronto. Thank goodness. And, uh, so anyways, we made that one work. Um, oh, wow. You went all in. Holy yeah. smokes. That house today. Sorry. I want to hear more of the story. That house today, is it still a hundred percent cash or you've been able to refinance it and pull some money back? No, out? a couple of months later, you um, were able to pull it. We're, out. No, we were able to get the mortgage on it. Oh, you were. Okay. It was okay. just, it was just because the timeline timelines were too tight. Right. That we had to uh, okay. delay wow. that. Good for So two houses, both operating as rental properties. Is so that the first one was rent to own because I thought, well, I want to learn the business. So go through that. And uh, I actually filled the second house first. And then the first house, I couldn't fill it because it was close to Georgian College. I had a ton of college students, but I didn't want a college students, right? I wanted to do rent to own and it doesn't suit them. So, um, so I didn't, I went through the first part, wasn't able to um, get tenants for it. And then we went away on a big trip to New Zealand. And so this house was vacant for about five months. Oh, wow. And I did a bit of renovation. I put a new floor in the basement and, you know, painting and stuff like that. Anyway, so we came back from New Zealand and then uh, was able to uh, find some tenants. We actually raised the, the rents because in that time period, things had changed. The house prices had changed. So we raised that and then uh, I was able to find some great tenants. As, uh, 
Were you freaking out while while you were gone on this trip with a vacant house? No, there's no point. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> Both. Wow. No. You but came, the surprise you was when when we came back and Leslie said, well, you should raise the rent because the house house prices <laughs> have gone up a lot. And then we didn't end up losing any money. Oh, my God. Even though it was empty for five months. Good for you both. Holy smokes. You couldn't rent it out before. Leslie comes and says, you know what? You didn't rent it out before at the lower rent, but I think you should raise the rents right now. <laughs> See? Good for you for listening and good for you, Leslie, for advising that way. Wow. Okay, so you rent this house. So you have these two houses. But now I think you're up to four houses already. Correct? No, we're, five. we've got five. Oh, five. Okay, so tell us. So how do you get to the next two? So uh, Leslie, I, jump in. I don't mean to do all the talking. No, there. that's fine. You, you know, yeah. Okay. yeah. So I'm originally from London, okay, uh, Ontario. And uh, so I wanted to have a reason to go back there. So I wanted to buy a house in London. So we went and uh, there's a builder there who does turnkey stuff and uh, um, pretty decent. So actually this one was interesting because it was right at the start of COVID and we weren't so afraid of COVID, but anyway, so we went down there and he said, well, shame on you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's okay. We'll let that slide. So we went down there and he said, well, I don't know what's going to go on with COVID. So I'll give you a, what was it? $30,000 discount. Mm, it was yeah, $30,000 oh, so $30, really at the beginning because it was only a short window yeah, was, where everybody yeah. panicked in the real estate market. Right? Yeah, it was, it was right at that time. It was March yeah. and this yeah. was this closed in June. So it was right at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so yeah, that sounds good. So there's basically $30 of of value of, of you know, asset value right there, you know, without doing anything. So that one, uh, that one really worked. And so we thought, then we want to get another one. So this was right at the end of his fiscal year. So he said, well, we'll give you a $50,000 discount on this one. <laughs> wow. At that time, at time of year, it makes a difference with that builder. Yeah. That when you Are these student yeah. rentals? No, uh, regular rentals. Are they all? First one was student rental. The second one is also student rental. By what university or college there? Western. 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 But the first one could be a high, is a hybrid. It could be either. Oh, it could, could be, be operated yes. as a student either. rental or yep. like a, a, it's, a du- it's a duplex. A duplex. Got yeah. it. Oh, very nice. It's mm-hmm. great to have those kinds of options. Okay, good Good for you. Wow. 30000 discount on the first one, 50000 on the second one. You're rolling. So the third one. Um, When's the third one? Same was, time? No. It no, it was uh, like a year later. April. So Oh, you're really dragging your feet now. Yeah. First <laughs> one was, First one was June, second one was August, and then the next one, I think we were looking at it in January, Hmm. and he'd raised the prices quite a bit. Yeah, because by that time, the real estate market started rocketing. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to credit them for getting taking action at the time of COVID and when other people were just kind of freaking out and... Yeah. Um, but and it worked to your advantage. It's kind of like where we are right now, like in this lull, but it's actually an opportunity totally. for some, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I went to see the third one. I thought, oh, this is nice, you know, it works and so on. But it, it was obviously more expensive. And so I had to go back. We saw it on a Friday. I had to go back. And then I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. And then finally on Wednesday... I said to Leslie, okay, yeah, let's go for it. Whatever, you know, like you just got to do this. Right? Whatever, I'll pay cash if I have <laughs> Just get me another one. <laughs> so so Leslie goes back to the guy and he says, oh, I'm raising the price $20,000. From five days before. Wow. Yeah, I was. Wow. Not happy. Yeah, welcome to the world of real estate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we negotiated. He brought it down 10000 So he, he basically raised it 10000 from when I saw it. And we went for it and Thanks bought that. Thanks to Leslie wow. for stepping wow. in. Yeah, Leslie's just oh like a, my goodness. I, I was going to say a monster. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I meant like <laughs> she's just strong. Like, she's going to, you know, get in there and get shit done. You know? She's yeah, like, but she's such a stand for the client. Yes, like there is, is. You know? So yes. if you're naive, don't yeah. worry. Leslie you got her on your, your side. Yes. <laughs> Leslie, yeah. And everyone who knows Leslie knows that about her. And so that's like the feedback that we've all had here. Everyone at Rockstar knows Leslie. And everybody bows down to Leslie's work ethic and how no really this is the truth I don't know if Leslie you know this mm. but everybody's just like I don't know how Leslie does what she does she's amazing and then on top of the her work ethic just so patient and explaining to new investors and people who need a concept explained for maybe the 20th time you know when you've been doing this business sometimes you just feel like kind of slapping yourself in the head like oh my gosh am I really explaining this again <laughs> but Leslie just is the best at just slowing things down, going through the process, and standing up for people. So, yeah. Leslie, you're, yeah, you, you set the bar. 
Yes. You set the bar. Well, what's Leslie doesn't know what to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's really nice is we've developed a friendship over the mm-hmm. you know period of uh, two and a half years or whatever, and so. Well, I'm sure if the badminton rackets come out, you don't or you're not friends. Okay. She'd be my teammate. Yeah. Okay. And there we <laughs> be on my side, right? So you get this fifth property. This is what the, this last one is a student rental by Western as well. No, it's a mix. One okay. one side of it is. Uh, so it's like There's a side mostly students in it and okay. then working the people. Okay. So it's a side by side duplex. No, it's this one's uh up and down. Up, yeah, oh, up, up, and, up and down. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. It got used it. to be a back split. So. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Wow. So three in London, two in Barry. Is two that in Barry and, and the boat. Oh yeah, and the boat. Holy <laughs> Okay. And then now I guess looking uh, back at this point because then started in 2019 you're only like three years and this is ridiculous how fast you're taking stuff I, I guess if you look back to 2019 are things developing and working out how you had hoped mm-hmm. when you decided to get into real estate oh yeah absolutely yeah. and sure. why is that not much time has passed so like why is it is it just that you like having the assets is it the income stream or is it just like what what yes is it about yes it? yeah yeah okay. so they're cash these properties are cash flowing cash for flowing. you yes they're cash flowing and we bought really good houses in good neighborhoods and we have good tenants and that's yeah awesome because of rockstar yeah that we yeah i think you would have figured it out with or without uh but but we might have needed some hard knocks to figure it out yeah 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 Yeah. okay so it's the so it's the income stream and the asset knock on wood because your time it can be coming where you don't have a good tenant that's true yeah like we all go through that even after experience yeah our roughest investor is actually somebody who gets their first property and rents it out like on day one and they're like, oh my gosh, this is like a mate. Rockstar, can I tell you, Rockstar is the best. Then they decide to get the next property. If it doesn't rent out like on day one and it's, you know, they're two or three weeks in and they haven't rented it out, they're like, I bought this piece of shit. I don't know what uh, I got sold here. The market's completely saturated. Nobody's renting out at these prices anymore. You know, So it's almost better when some investors like have like some crazy bad story that they survive through because it sets the tone. You're like, okay, if I survive that, I can survive anything. Well, five and months not having yeah. rental. And no, no, you guys hit it. You, know, you guys, then, you, you just handled it so beautifully that it didn't sound like a crazy story. But five months of vacancy. Well, on your we were a bit nervous before our trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Walking. and we had gone through a lot. Like you had several open houses and lots of people go yeah. through it. Yeah. And but he was he knew what he wanted. So, you know, for 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 clientele Perfect. and he wasn't going to settle. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have those moments when you're a real estate investor renting out your own properties. I remember we, uh, Nick and I, there's this, this is an old story now, but Nick and I had rented out nine properties on the first showing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought we were superheroes. We're like, oh my God. I remember that. Like, I guess we like, we're the best. We got this like figured out. And JP Hunt, who was new on our team, we were teaching him how to rent properties. And we had this one we were doing for an investor that they had said, Hey, we don't have the time. Can we hire you to do it? I'm like, perfect. I want to teach JP Hunt how to do this. We'll do it. No problem. In my head, I'm like one showing, maybe two if I'm not having an off day. We show, I show, and I, on the way to, this one was in Hamilton. I'm like, JP, I'll show you how this is done. <laughs> we get there. Don't get it filled on the first time. Don't get it filled on the second time. We are three months deep going to this property twice a week for three months. Uh, and finally, and you know what? It was a beautiful property. It was the kind I that you would that think. I remember that property. You, you would think, I still remember where yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You would think, no problem. That'll rent out. Great lot. Everything's amazing. And that finally rented out. And you just don't know when you're going to get hit with one of these curveballs where life just says, okay, you think you're the best, eh? <laughs> well, we'll teach you about the real estate market. But uh, you got to just stick with it. So, um, darn life. Yeah. Darn life. These goddamn lessons. Why do they have to keep popping up? So good. Yeah. Good on you. So I guess now, so it's with what you read in rich dad, poor dad, is it lining up to what you're seeing now as real life, real estate investors? Like, you know, those concepts of owning assets and, you know, creating streams of income. Is it matching what you thought it would be? Yeah. We've, we feel like we're, we're working on getting out of the rat race, which was, the part of the game that cash flow game taught us a lot about real life and your accountant that you've had did you have an accountant the same accountant for a long time yeah and so what did your accountant because they now they're seeing a big shift in what you're doing how were how were they with this were they worried for you or no no he's 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 dealt with everything yeah got it he just he just does our taxes and yeah 
So, so then what would both of you tell yourself, if you could speak to your 30-year-old selves or 35 or 40, like what would you tell yourselves back then in the mindset that you were in back then? Or were, were the people that you were back at that age just not right for real estate at that time? Well, what we're telling our son and our uh, nephews and niece is probably answer to that question. Yeah, so w yeah, what is it? What is uh, it that you're telling them? Well, they're finding it really hard to get into the market, mm -hmm. and some of them really want to, and they're saving their money. And we're trying to help them by educating them, uh, playing the cash flow game with them, mm. um, offering to do joint ventures with them. Oh, cool. Because there's ways to get into the market, but you need help. We needed help from Leslie. Mm -hmm. We needed it. And in, in when we were in our 30s, we did not have this uh, education, this um, the right mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, we were raised in families where possibility was kind of a word that was never used. It was always look for what won't work and then don't even entertain the idea. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You're right. The mindset's so important. So yeah. the fact that you're just giving them that alone yeah, is exactly. probably more valuable than anything to do with real estate. But if you're giving them that and then and then on top of that, I guess people younger people we see are doing a lot of what they call now is house hacking where they're like living in, you know, the top floor or the basement and renting out a part of the house. And that's kind of how some some younger people are getting into the housing market. Mm. I guess one of the things is with our son, he's 26, no, just turned 27. Um, is like I'm really open with what we're doing. Like he's helped me build the spreadsheets mm -hmm. as to figure out, you know, like uh, how everything works, right? Like all the numbers and how it all fits together. And he's very much, he, know, he knows everything about it. And it's so fun to include him um, because then he gets to be part of it and he gets to help. And then he understands what's going on. He's learning in real time. Oh, my it's not, goodness. It's not like a course he's taking. He's learning in real time. And he wants to go with us to house inspections. And now he's invested in awesome. the family estate some, you know, what he can. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. I'm happy for you guys. I mean, this seems like a big change in the last, you know, four or five years. Not that your life was really bad before that, I guess. I'm just happy you've done something new, something that maybe you thought you couldn't do, you know. And that's the role model we want to set for our son and mm. our, our nieces and nephews, too, because, I don't know, we've had role models where life kind of stopped at retirement. Mm -hmm. Sure. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, they, might, they put in 20, 30 years more, but yeah. no more adventures, just, you know maybe a little bit of traveling from on your bucket list, but nothing to contribute mm -hmm. to society. And uh, Margaret is a great inspiration around that. Like Why? I'm, I'm always inspired by Why? what she's up to because she's, she's taken on her skills as a teacher and she's out there. Like she's been going to other countries and she's started her own business. And oh, what, are you, what like are you doing in really other countries? I'm helping teachers teach better. Oh, wow. So where do you go? What's an example of something you've done? Um, I've been to Holland, for example, which is where my parents immigrated from. Oh, very cool. And I got to do demonstration lessons with two different age groups. Uh, I brought a Canadian friend who speaks no Dutch, and I went into a Dutch school and did the lessons in Dutch. And then oh, wow. I taught teacher workshops, two of them, all within a two-week period. And then we did a performance for the parents, and it was all about social-emotional learning. And... Um, tied in with the curriculum and with where the kids were at. A lot of the kids in those classes were immigrant children, and so we did a whole what's called an educational drama, living inside a story to really understand the, the immigrant experience, what it was like to leave your home and the journey and what it's like to settle into a new place. And that opened up the students who had those personal experiences, and then we put that in a performing art form but it was all very organic, and the parents saw themselves and their children there for the first time and felt heard and listened and included oh, wow. in mm. that new culture. Holy smokes, Margaret. You're a very nice person to be doing all this stuff. Good for you. But you're living. Like, you're living. You're doing yeah. stuff. Like, this is kind of what matters. Yeah. I think it keeps you young as well. You know, when you, bo when you both said that you, you were brought up in different ways where you didn't know what the possibilities in life could be, 
So that just seemed normal to you, I guess, because you were brought up that way. So like, I'm just sorry, I'm just trying to comprehend this. So like, um, so you, you would have the mental thought that if you wanted to like buy real estate or start your own business or quit the job and do something else that, oh, you, you, you couldn't do that or you yeah. shouldn't do that. That's like a the risks were too high. Uh-huh. You would fail. Got it. And how are you going to support yourself? Mm-hmm. And it, it really came down to how are you going to make ends meet? You know, work was everything. My parents immigrated with nothing. Mm-hmm. And they had to start everything from scratch. And so that's what it, where it was coming from. And they left a war-torn country, you know, right after the Second World War. So that mindset mm-hmm. was kind of... Developed. And they weren't leaving a country that was very entrepreneurial or where people were doing this. So then when they came to a new country, it was more about mitigating risk and just having some savings yeah. and don't take a lot of risk. Otherwise, you might die of f- some sort of famine. Exactly. Right? Because that's what the, that's kind of their life. That's weird. I wonder what freaking biases I'm passing on to my children. Jesus. <laughs> so whereas with, with my parents, Goodness. it's kind of like all about. Well, you got to look good. You know, you, you got to get into a respectable job. Yeah, you there's a lot of that. Yeah, you stand yeah. up in the community. It's a little bit of a show. It, yeah, it doesn't matter what you want to do or what interests you. It's, you know, you got to be respectable. Yeah. Yeah. I think my father wanted one of us and I think me specifically being the oldest son to be a lawyer. Wanted to tell his friends, you know, my son's a lawyer. For whatever reason in the Croatian community at that time, that was like, my son is he's a lawyer. <laughs> You know, and I knew I was never going to be a lawyer. I'm like, listen, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so would you, would you make a good lawyer? I don't think I'd make a great lawyer. No, it just bore me to tears, you know, but uh, I'd look at people's problems and say, really, this is why we're here. Go outside, enjoy the sun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you're right, Steve. A lot of it is, is image as well, right? The, your status in the social community. You know, the social network, what is your status and, and your job has some of that kind of status. Like I wonder back in the day when everybody was entrepreneurial, but had their like a, they were the butcher, baker, candlestick mm-hmm. maker. If that was like, I guess that was going on then too. Way back. Yeah, way back. So like we're just ingrained in that. Like that's just part of who we are as humans, you know, trying to kind of like peacock a little bit and just show who you are. So I had this long standing frustration with the work world and that's what, when I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's what struck me the most. It wasn't the real estate stuff. It was the, um, the insights over life and how to live life and that there was another option there. I didn't realize that. And that's, that's what stands out to me. Um, yeah, and it's funny. I think now over the last uh, 10 years and maybe the five year, last five years even more so, get, uh, having the ability to just travel, you know, kind of as we do and do what we want in life. I'm talking about my family and maybe Nick's family. Sometimes it's hard to come back to Canada and then see how everybody is kind of like in a robotic rut. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes like shaking some people saying like you're, you're sleepwalking, like you're, there's more, yeah. you can do it stop what you're doing and you're making me crazy watching you be crazy you know what I mean? selfishly can you please fix yourself up it's bothering me <laughs> but uh, what a selfish person i am but um but yeah like as you start to live more and you're on your boat and you have some properties and you're winning these tournaments and you're traveling and you start to realize wow life is amazing Mm-hmm. There's amazing people out there and there's so much joy to it. And there's like freedom mm-hmm. and there it's colorful. Um, and you want everybody to see it that way. So when you run into people who don't, it's kind of, it, it kind of weighs on, it weighs on me a little bit. You know, I kind of feel for them. It's sometimes a little bit of a struggle. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Maybe it shouldn't be, but uh, anyway. It's hard to, so you're saying it's hard to watch people in their yeah, cause you just know. Yeah. Cause you just know that, it's not that difficult. Like one rental property bought at the age of, let's say, 30, 35, even 40, 45, almost at any age. You guys are proof that it's at any age, actually. One rental property is enough to really change your finances. Like one, one property. 
Mm-hmm. You know, hold it for a few years. You're going to be able to refinance it, or even if it doesn't go up, even if it comes down in value over time, there's going to be some value there. And you know, by renting it out, you're going to have the mortgage paid off. There's going to be some tax deductions. At some point, there's going to be cash flow. Even if you don't start with cash flow, at some point, there's going to be cash flow. Mm-hmm. One property can like change your life. So to me, it just seems like, hey, l- listen, just get like a little bit of financial education. Grab one property; it'll change your whole financial future. But so many people even from that thought can't get can't get there mm-hmm. they can't get there they're just like well the price might go down tomorrow mm. and i'm like who cares about tomorrow think of the next 10 years stop with the short-term thinking right. and i think something that's benefited me accidentally in life i've always thought long term mm. like i've always thought long term about my education about uh, my career my job my invest i've always just thought long term it's never been for now mm-hmm. like i've never done anything for immediate gratification uh, it's always been, oh, I sh- you know, I've done the regular things when you're young for immediate gratification. I shouldn't say that, but, but I just mean in overall, look, reflecting back, I'm like, I, I always have just thought, well, I should quit my job now because over the long term, it's going gonna, it's gonna to suck at the beginning, but over the long term, it's going to be amazing. I should buy a rental property now because at the beginning, it's going to suck. I have to fill it. There's not going to be much. There'll be a bit of cash flow, but not much. I got to deal with bankers who I hate. <laughs> you know, you got to get insurance on the property. You have to deal with some tenant problems, but over the long term, it's beautiful. Yeah. So long-term thinking to me has been like this most magical way to approach life. And I don't mean that like, like an, from an arrogant point of view. I just mean, uh, I feel like it's benefited me personally anyway and so, you're an anomaly yeah i, I don't I, yeah that's i think y- what you're seeing in the world that's frustrating is that people don't have that long-term thinking yeah and i think the society that we live in predisposes you to think short term because you're always fed fear Yes. Don't do this. The stock market could collapse. Don't yeah. do this. The real estate market could collapse. Don't quit your job. You won't have any security. You, right. you won't have your pension. So we're just fed fear, fear, fear. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, b- by nature, we're predisposed to listening to those fears. And you really have to work on yourselves like you guys have and Leslie, like you always have to shut down that old part of your brain, your amygdala to say, hey, listen, you better calm down here. I'm in charge. You're not fucking in charge. You know, you know what I mean? So. So, so there's two sides to that. One is shutting down the bad messages and the other is promoting the good messages. So uh, Leslie asked me at one point in time, you know, what, what are you doing this for? And so part of what I'm doing it for is obviously financial security for our immediate family, but I'm also looking at financial security for our family at large. So that's where, you know, I've talked to, and a nephew, you know, he's, his mom said to me uh, half a year ago, said, oh, yeah, he's so frustrated. You know, he just he's renting a condo here in Toronto and he says, just can't get into the market. And I said, well, maybe there's a way to do that. Like, why not? So I sat down with him and talked to him. I actually invited him to an introduction at Rockstar, which he came to. And he said, oh, my goodness, my eyes are being opened. And now he's working with a real estate agent. Awesome. Going to get into the, the market. Now, Margaret said earlier, you know, I'm open to doing joint ventures with family as well. But, you know, it looks like he's probably, you know, got lots of uh, good savings and a good income. So he can probably do it on his own. Um, but, you know, like somebody needs to help these people to carry through, right? Mm-hmm. So we've had a few conversations with different family members to say, okay, here's an opportunity and I can help you out with that. That's the, to me, the most satisfying thing about what we're all doing here together. Like the fact that Leslie and Michael sat next to you and had that conversation with you. And now yeah. you're talking to your nephew and hopefully one day your nephew talks to his friend who doesn't mm-hmm. think he can get in the market. And to me, that's how we make change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes from the bottom up. Not that we're all the bottom. We're obviously, <laughs> okay. You know, we're amazing people. No, but that's, that's a snowball <laughs> you know, effect. That, just to so me, that's the power. Beautiful. That's the powerful way to, to mm-hmm. get this done between each other where, you know, it, that I feel is very impactful, mm. you know, so that's like, cool. This, the sense I get is the four of us sitting around the table here each have a purpose in the world. Like we have a, a reason or a, something we're trying to accomplish in our lives. And that's the sense, like knowing each of us, mm-hmm. that there's something there that's driving us forward and, and wanting to do something worthwhile in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just yeah. naturally want to help your fellow person. You just want to help your fellow neighbor. You ultimately, we all want to help. You know, 
and, and I think there's a certain satisfaction that comes from that as well. So it could be selfish of us, mm -hmm. rather arrogant to think we can help. But then there is like a, a satisfaction that comes from, you know, when you help, how many investors yeah. have you helped now? Oh my gosh, I can't even oh. count, huh? Leslie has been involved in, it's gotta be hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate investment at this point. Um, mm -hmm. But there's that satisfaction that comes from it. If you don't get that satisfaction, you yeah. stop. Well, for me, like I had that intention. Like it's really gratifying me just hearing Steve say what he said about sharing with his nephew and his nephew may, and then you elaborating that could go, that snowball effect. Cause my purpose in life is to inspire and empower people to achieve success and have their impact on others make a profound difference. Mm -hmm. So that to me is that it, like maybe I helped you or maybe I inspired you to take action. Maybe I, you know, empowered you to do it. But the beauty of it is now he, they can, they are experienced. They can take that. Totally. And, and for me, Snowball. that is like, that's my purpose. Yeah. And I, I love that. Yeah, I live for that. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. so many people would say yeah. something like that. And, you know, I know some people would be skeptical. Leslie Kitchen is <laughs> talking these words for 15 yeah. years. I guess yeah. I've known you now and I've heard them from day one. Yeah. You know, from the first time I saw you tying balloons on the top of an open house <laughs> sign in Oakville, I knew you were different. <laughs> um, cool. So, um, yeah, we'll start to wrap up here. Is, is there anything else that you wanted to share that we wanted to cover that's co that would come to mind to, to you? Or have we covered what we wanted to discuss today? I think so. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to just underline the importance of the mindset, right? It, it just is everything and I like to do that in for leaders too like I would help business leaders who are working with teams and and they you know struggle with that interpersonal stuff all the time and and it, and it feels often like you're stuck and you can't get your team to, to work together to have that synergy to move the, the projects forward so that your vision can be realized so I love doing that for mm. uh, my niche is, is working with uh, teachers and principals, but I I love to to work with teams and and to and it's about mindset and self care because we neglect ourselves when we feel there's projects that are urgently needed to oh be gosh. done. Oh gosh, yeah. And then other problem solving strategies, people just don't have them. Mm. So those three things. And I think you really hit on something earlier when we were talking about. Um, you know, it's who you are as a person. I forget the way you said it exactly, but you know, you're kind of are enough as you are. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I think a lot of people just can't gather that. No, they don't and think they're good enough. Yeah. And then, and then a lot of people are waiting for the perfect moment to feel happy. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, and I'm like, you, you just like, listen, there's always going to be bullshit. You better just be happy in the middle of the bullshit. Yeah, it, doesn't work <laughs> like that. it, doesn't work. it just doesn't go away. <laughs> the bullshit just doesn't go away. I guess sometimes if you're more financially secure, I have to admit being a bit more financially secure has allowed me to laugh off more bullshit. So mm -hmm. there is some value in having your finances set, you know, because when Nick and I really had nothing and if there was a problem with one of our properties, we would literally, literally crap our pants, you know, <laughs> you know, like you kind of, we knew we would get through it, but there was like, holy shit, like what is happening? Whereas, <laughs> you know, now it can, it's a little different. So there is some value to, I'm not going to lie here. There's no, some value totally. to have your finances kind of in good order, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then read this book, Margaret, that you mentioned, The Success Principles. If you're yeah. struggling with that, uh, I read that so long ago. I, I just had flashbacks when you said it. That the be, What was it? Be, do, have? Or be, whatever. do, have. Yeah, the be, yeah. do, have that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and uh, Steve, anything else? Hey, yeah, like a lot of it sounds good. You know, I'm at the point where we've sort of uh, hit, the, hit the extent of our cash in a lot of ways, you know, so... Um, I've got to reset my mind to figure out where am I going in the future? What am I doing? Uh, I know it was a, a VIP event where they asked, you know, I'd ask people for some input and they said, well, you got to figure out what it is you want and where you want to go. And then that'll determine your path. And that's, those are hard questions hard. for me. Those are really hard questions for me. I've been thinking about that ever since I was at that event. And, um, you know, do I find ways of doing the joint ventures? Do I find ways of what? And what's what's point? Like, what am I trying to accomplish in the big picture? 
you know, so I've got to ask myself those questions and, and move forward that way. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. Very so, cool. so, you know, so I, I, I think like to have a couple more properties, but anyways, we'll see where that yeah, goes. Yeah. But you've kind of like, you've done that. You're there when the next property opportunity comes up. I think you're at the point now where you're figuring out just what's going to make you happy and, and you know, how do you kind of get there? Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. Sometimes I think I just would be happy at this point going to Croatia and building rock walls. <laughs> no, I'm not even. And I'm like, yeah. you know, just being in the sun, yeah. having some nice uh, fish and meat and olive oil and hanging out outside and um, not doing anything else. You know, it doesn't take much, I think, to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, think I know that sounds ridiculous, but if you know the country, you know, there's a lot of rock walls and a lot of them are disrepairing. <laughs> Someone yeah. needs to go fix them. So I'm, I'm nominating myself for the job. I think it is it's valid about you know getting that clarity though of what you want to accomplish from it like why purchase another property what is it going to allow you to do in life it's not always the right answer it may not be the right it may not need to right like it depends on that's why I think you're struggling with it and and figuring that out is where is it going to take you is it going to help you with your purpose of helping your family or you had talked about you know donating to other charities that you feel strongly about and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So I think that's what you have to figure out is if that's going to get you there or. Yeah. And And it's tough. So I feel for you, Steve, when you figure it out for yourself, send us a smoke. (laughs) Exactly. Because then the rest of us that can, you know, feel happy that somebody figured it out for themselves, you know? Well, I tell you one thing I do like doing is playing my sports. Mm. Yeah. That's obvious. (laughs) I didn't want to tell you, but I'm a mean badminton player. So are you? No, I'm joking. I'm totally (laughs) joking. Yeah. You would crush it. You would crush it. His competitive spirit got right up there. Hey, it's Parker too. He was about to play you a game. Yeah. 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 So you got to keep doing this. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and like I say, I'm I'm a sailor, so I, I you know go in competitions there. You know, I play hockey. I love playing hockey, so I've got lots of sports. Yeah, and we going. have some money to do our bucket list trips now. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, Leslie, any last words? No, I just want to thank uh, Steve and Margaret. It's been a pleasure working with you, and I always want to thank Tom because. You know, when we connected, yeah, that is what really lit me up in life. I don't know if you you remember, like I couldn't sleep for two weeks after you told me the vision of what you wanted to create that day. I yeah, you've always that said moment. that you're too kind. I think no, we were just so, so busy trying to do it, we didn't even know what we were doing. No, it, and I just jumped on board. And yeah, yeah. We were up to something and yeah. never looked back. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. thank you for that. Thank you for everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and and so you guys are an absolute inspiration to you know just for me personally because so many people have told us it's too late to get started. <laughs> like I can't tell you how many but times you never we told us that, or we no. Might not well, have we purposely <laughs> leave that out. Yeah, yeah. We don't tell you that. Sorry, you were actually past the age and you didn't. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> there is none of that. And uh, so you guys are kind of like, uh, you know, an inspiration to me seeing what you've done. Because sometimes I question myself, hey, I'd have, if I have never got into this, would I, you know, at that age? And you guys are doing it. So someone listening to this will pass this on. I know they will to someone else. And you will have an impact beyond what you even know. And hopefully one day it comes back and someone says to you, hey, I heard you on this weird podcast and uh, you changed our lives. I'm sure that will happen. Uh, yeah, we got all five houses when we were on pension. Yeah. Oh, Crazy. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, good good for well, you. Somebody said that, you know, like if you retire when you're uh, 60 or anywhere in your 60s, you're probably going to live enough years for a whole new new career. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Like what... You're going to do something with your life. Agreed. Worthwhile. Gives you some. Agreed. Agreed. And Leslie, thanks to you. You are an incredible woman. Like you are incredible. The things you do, the care that you have for people, how you take care of people. You, you, you are, you set the bar. Like I I say, it's extraordinary. Yes. We are all fortunate and and it's funny, you know, we have a lot of different characters in this business, all different ages and personality types, but universally they all bow down to Leslie Kitchen. I don't know if she knows that because yeah. Yeah. I know I'm very humble. I know I'm lucky to have her as my coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Worked out perfectly. So thank you. Appreciate this guy, Steve, Margaret, Leslie. Thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that show with Margaret and Steve and Leslie Kitchen. You can get access to all our reports, including the four key factors every investor should know to understand where the real estate market is headed at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. Listen, life is short. You may as well live it on your terms. That's it for this episode. Till next time, your life, your terms.